got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. Today is Monday and this is the show where we come at you live Monday through Friday to bring you the latest technical on-chain and fundamental analysis of the cryptocurrency markets. If you want to be kept up to date about what's going on in the charts, what's going on in the metrics and what's going on in the news, then you have found the right show. If you're new here, make sure to hit that subscribe button, like the video if you think you're going to like the video, but you might need a little bit of proof that you're going to like the video. So don't worry about liking it a little bit later after we get into the content. Today's content is going to be about a man named Warren Buffett. You may have heard of him. He's about 150 years old, and he is very, very rich because he got wealthy investing in the stock market. And we're going to talk about how he refuses to take his Bitcoin orange pill and how he definitely does not think he wants to buy into Bitcoin. If given the opportunity to buy all Bitcoin for $25, he says he would turn it down. Is that the right decision? No, absolutely not. Would it ever happen? Probably not either. That'd be a little weird. But we're going to talk about that. We're also going to be talking about whether or not the fact that he's actually saying this is manipulation or not. Has the media come to him and said, hey, hey, Mr. Mr. Buffett, you're really rich, right? You have a lot of influence. When they ask you about Bitcoin, trash it to maintain the narrative that we are discussing. We're going to talk about all of that and more, including Bitcoin's technical analysis. I am joined again, and he is back, by Tim. Welcome back, my friend. What's up, everybody? Thank you for everyone's prayers and thoughts. I, at the end of the show, I might tell you guys what happened, or I might wait. Should I do it in a, a community video? I don't even think about that. It's up to you, man. Either way, uh, I might I might tell a little bit here in the show, and then in the community, want to tell you guys all the details. You mean the members Q and A? The members Q and A. Yeah. It it was a long one of the longest weeks of my life. But the good news is, is that everyone is alive. Everyone is here. Mm. We are all getting better. It's good. And uh, the Lord is good. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. The Lord is good. Well, we're also joined as always by Smay. How are you doing, Smay? Hello, everybody. I have a hat. And, uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I'd like to say that I'm doing uh, good. Uh, it was a very boring weekend. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I pretty much slept most of the time. I took a massive nap yesterday. Um, but I would like to, uh, I would like to, in honor of my very boring weekend, uh, say some green names. And by the way, I needed that boring weekend because I, I've been weekend. traveling this month like crazy. We went to Bitcoin 2022 and then I went to Las Vegas and it was a lot. So having a boring weekend was good. Um, here we have a uh, crypto set guy, Elliot Locke, uh, Tom Wilkes. I love that guy. Sultan of Salt, Crypto Smitty. <laughs> Who else we got here? Crypto JMP, Brad I don't love that guy. Uh, Adam Rourke, Groovy, Agent Gold, Siobhan Goulet, uh, oh my gosh, Matt C, love that guy, Philly Fan 61, Ricardo Vinegas, so many of these green names that I love. You guys are the best. Also, Michael Payne, he said, let, let me get a shout out, guys. My name isn't green, but shout me out, please. Um, he did this that's illegal. That's okay. illegal? Oh, man. Uh, okay, I retract. You it. can sorry. say it. I can't say you anything can't say that's it. not a green name. Okay, well, Michael Payne, shout out to you, my friend. Hopefully that pain goes away for you. <laughs> 
right, getting the dad jokes in. Married, you never know. All right, guys, so we got a lot to talk about today. Let's go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap. We are looking at a $38,800 Bitcoin. It's up 2.5% over the last 24 hours, but it's pretty much been trading sideways for the last seven days and the last 90 days. This is a great case study where Bitcoin is right now. Seven days ago, it was sitting at the same price, and 90 days ago, it was sitting at the same price. Bitcoin is remarkably boring right now. It's not really been doing a whole lot of anything. Looking back 90 days, Bitcoin was literally sitting at the exact same level. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. What does this sideways market movement on Bitcoin tell us? Does it tell us that we're bottoming out or does it tell us that we're going to see more to go to the downside? We're going to be discussing that. I think it's a very interesting perspective to look at the market through. But we're also going to look at Ethereum, which is currently up 2.5% today, sitting at 28.28. It more or less hasn't changed in the last seven days or the last 90 days, but both cryptocurrencies are down 20 or more percent year to date. Binance coin, pretty much trading sideways. USD coin <laughs> is trading sideways. Who would have thought? XRP trading sideways as well. It's down 7% in the last seven days, up 3% in the last 24 hours. Definitely having a little bit more movement than some of the other cryptos. Solana and Luna both sitting around the $85 mark. Cardano sitting down at 7 78. If we have time, we may take a look at Cardano because, golly, Cardano is sitting in an insanely good buying opportunity right now. I just, I just look at Cardano right now, and I think about where it is, and I look, at, and, and I think about where Ethereum was back before uh, 2020, back in 2019. I mean, look at Cardano here, sitting down at 77 cents. That reminds me a whole lot of Ethereum back when Ethereum was sitting down here right before the uh, pandemic drop at $130, and then during the pandemic drop down to below $100. This right here is what I think of when I see where Cardano is right now, setting lower lows and everything. I'm seeing the very similar market structure forming, and I think you're going to end up seeing that this is going to be one of the best buying opportunities for Cardano that you may ever have in the future. So definitely be on the lookout for that. 78 cents is an absolute steal for that cryptocurrency. Avalanche sitting at $58. They've really picked a bad name for this time because they're down 50% year to date. Great project, not knocking it. I'm just saying it's kind of a kind of a funny thing there. Dogecoin sitting at 13 cents as well. Smay, didn't you say the first crypto you ever bought was Dogecoin? Yes. How much did you buy it for? I bought it, <coughs> so I don't know the exact price, but I bought it back in like right around when the pandemic started in okay. March. So uh, it was $7 worth, but I think it was like 700,000 Dogecoins. You had 700? Where is it now? Uh, I think it's at a lot. Wait, <laughs> where like is it? 700,000? Oh, 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 you mean where is the Dogecoin? Where's the Dogecoin? I sold it when I got $10. No. Yeah. 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 You know how much 700,000 Doge would be worth right now? A lot. You muted yourself, a, but you said a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Okay, back at March 20th of 2020, you were sitting at 0.0018 cents. So you would have... Uh, wow. Would it have been 700,000? <coughs> 700K Doge. That could have been. That could have been. For $7. Does that that, could, I don't think that makes sense. That could have been something. That, uh, no, anyways. Like, anywho, that would have been a lot of dough. That would have been a lot, a lot of money of you would have had. Maybe mm. my number's off. Maybe I wasn't, wouldn't have been that rich. Okay. Dab nab it. That just sucks. Well, let's go ahead and keep looking here. Sheeb sitting down at, I can't even read that number, but we'll, took it, we'll take a look at the last 24 hours. Phantom sitting up 12.5%. I actually interviewed the founder and CEO of Phantom, Michael Kong. That interview is on the channel. You can go back and watch that. Very interesting project. Has had meteoric growth on its on-chain metrics in the last year and a half. 
far as biggest losers, we got Kronos, which keeps changing its name, sitting uh, down at 16%. It used to be Crypto.com. Now they've changed it to Kronos. I'm pretty sure it was something else a while before it was Crypto.com. They really just can't make up their mind over there. Having a little bit of an identity crisis, I think, guys. You put your name on a stadium, and then you went and changed the name. I don't think that's very good for branding. Looking at ApeCoin, it's down 10% today. And uh, Tim, you were actually just talking about ApeCoin a little bit. Can you fill us in on what you were saying earlier? Well, so so the other side game Should we launched. ape into it? Uh, yeah, that's good. I have I, when this launched, when ApeCoin launched, Sme and I were actually at Universal. You know, when pe- when it was like the time period that everyone was talking about it, and and we talked about this this fact that it's kind of a speculative uh, market. A lot of people are gonna make money. A lot of people are gonna lose money. But as I've been looking more at ApeCoin, I don't know if I'm ready just yet to put money in because I like to do a lot of digging. But what I saw happen with the demand that came in for that space when the other side game was released and the overselling. Yes, it brought the price back down, and yes. It uh, caused a massive problem on Ethereum's chain with gas fees and everything. But the demand alone for that, I think, makes ApeCoin's price, the current price, an attractive buy spot if you believe in the future of the product. And at least the next little bit looks pretty stinking bullish, in my opinion, based off what's happening. But I'd love to know what you guys think about that in chat. This is something I'm still researching, still learning more about. I don't have necessarily a, a crazy great uh, opinion on it, but I'm but, I'm learning. More. But the thing about that is how uh, how sustainable is a cryptocurrency whose market capitalization is driven by artificial demand because you need that cryptocurrency to buy into an NFT that could go out of well, I mean, of favor. it's got it's gonna have the two sides of it. It's a you have to use it to get ApeCoin, which is I'm. I could be wrong. Is ApeCoin the hottest, or is it like one of the hottest NFT projects? I haven't looked into it. It's no, not ApeCoin. It's, it's uh, board, not ApeCoin. You, 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 you know, okay, thank you. Board Ape Yacht Club. Board Ape Yacht Club. It is one of the biggest. It is. Yeah. It's definitely it is one biggest, of, if not actually. the biggest. I think it's yeah. so the demand going there. That's gonna bring it up. But then it's it's also <coughs> ApeCoin being a coin, is, and it's really attractive, and people love it. <laughs> Meme coins. People like to to poop on them and make fun of them. Meme coins can go play. We just talked about Dogecoin. If Smey had bought and kept his Dogecoin from when he originally bought it, he'd be very wealthy right now. Well, ApeCoin could be the exact same thing. It also could be a giant flop. But based off the demand of the the NFTs themselves, and now the demand of ApeCoin, I, I again, that's why I want to do more digging before I purchase it. But for those of you who do more research on that specific topic than I do, or Jeb does, or Smay does, and you do it yourself, there's a lot pointing to a very high demand for that project. Well, what, well Tim, what do you say? Should I buy a Should I buy a board ape for fifty bit for fifty Ethereum? It's the least expensive one. It's the cheapest one. It's a deal. Gosh, it's damn. only hundred and forty thousand dollars. That's all. Yeah, wait a minute. Or, or I could buy this one all the way down here. Let's keep scrolling down. Uh, for let's see, one hundred and seventy five Ethereum. That's you know six hundred grand. One hundred and eighty. No? No. No? I mean, not Why not? Me. Not me. Why not? You don't want me to spend 200 Ethereum? Let's see. What's the most expensive board ape? We're completely off topic, but I'm really curious. How far does this go? How expensive do these things get? There's another one for 230 Ethereum. Okay. We'll be here all day. We're going to see 1,000 Ethereum board ape before long. Let's keep moving on here. We're going to go ahead and jump into the Bitcoin technical analysis. But before we do a word from our sponsor, today's show is brought to you by CoinChange. If you're not familiar with CoinChange, you're missing out. If you're trying to get into yield farming, into the DeFi space, CoinChange, excuse me, is the place to go. You can get signed up and very, very simply, you can get involved with yield farming and earn up to 20% over there on their platform. Make sure you check them out. The link is in the description box down below. When you sign up, you're going to get a $40 USDC entry bonus. You can earn over 20% on USDC. 
USDT, USDC, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and more. There's no lockups. Uh, and the crypto custody is done with Fireblocks. It was a company I've actually talked to before. Very, very powerful, very, very secure company. So definitely check them out. They are the leader in what they do. Links are down below. But let's go ahead and jump on into our Bitcoin technical analysis. Bitcoin right now is sitting at $38,793. It is currently trading sideways and has been more or less the entire year. How fast has this year felt to you guys? I feel like we just started the year and we're almost in, well, we're in May. This, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I feel like I blinked and it's, and it's yeah. already gone. It, it, but so much has happened, too. It's almost been a year since we moved into this new office. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we moved in in uh, beginning August, of September. August 26th. August 26th. That's right. We moved in end of August. That's right. Because the because the the lease at the previous office started September 1st and we moved in right before it was over. We've been here almost a year. That is crazy. I feel like we just got here. Anyway, in that time, ever since mid-August, Bitcoin has more or less been trading sideways. It's actually down from where it was back then. When we moved into this office, August 26th, Bitcoin was trading nearly $50,000. We're down ten dollars to $12,000 from that period right now. But the fact of the matter is, ever since late August of last year, we have seen a ridiculous amount of institutional investment in crypto. We have seen an insane amount of retail interest in the space come and now go. But the point is it has, you know, come into the space and it may be gone right now, but people are now more interested and more knowledgeable about cryptocurrency than ever. The on-chain metrics are better than ever. Hash rates at an all-time high. Long-term HODL uh, ratio sitting above 80%. Major, major bullish signs on the on-chain side for Bitcoin. And yet Bitcoin's price is down here at $38,000. And yet Bitcoin's price is trading sideways for the entire year. And yet Bitcoin does not seem to be able to get into an uptrend. And that's what I want to talk about today. Why is Bitcoin sitting sideways like this? Why is Bitcoin still stuck stagnating sideways when the US dollar is being inflated, even by CPI figures, which I think are massively understated, almost 1% a month and Bitcoin's trading sideways, which means if Bitcoin trades sideways, it's actually losing value. So let's kind of open the conversation. Tim, I want your opinion. You've been you've been stepped away from the market for a week and now you're coming back into it with a yeah. fresh set of eyes. You're looking at this market. We see that Bitcoin's basically in a giant bear flag. Why do you think we've been trading sideways for three months? Why haven't we picked a direction yet? Well, the, the, the pressure from the top, the pressure pushing us down, we've talked about this before, is the Fed announcement. And we should be seeing an announcement come out Wednesday afternoon. We'll probably talk about it. If, I, if we don't create something Wednesday afternoon, like a little short about it or something, we probably will. But then in, on Thursday morning, I am about 97% positive that the title and the description and the and the discussion is going to be about what we found out from the Fed. That is the pressure going right now. There's a lot of bullish fundamentals in Bitcoin. That is going to continue. Even this week we're seeing a lot of bullish fundamentals continue to happen. If it, for those who don't only look at price but they watch everything else, we're still seeing Bitcoin removed from exchanges. We're still seeing, and even though I was gone for a week, I still read a little bit here and there. We're still seeing new wallets open up. We're still seeing whales coming back in this space. There's an article we're going to talk about a little bit later about millennial millionaires and what they're doing, what their plan for the future is. There is so much bullish uh, underlying that there is there, which I believe will keep us from a $20,000 Bitcoin or $24,000 Bitcoin, which is if this bear flag, this daily bear flag plays out, that's where it would take us. I think there's enough bullish pressure to keep us afloat. The problem is there's two things. The Fed's pressure, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt of the future of what the U.S. dollar is going to look like and what crypto is going to look like is keeping this prices low. I also think as we're waiting for regulational uh, clarity, regulation clarity. Regulatory. Regulatory, thank you. Words are fun. As we're waiting for that clarity, 
Institutions know it's coming. They're getting bullish. But what do they want to do right now? They want to keep this price down so they can get as much supply as possible. Even though retail has come down a little bit, retail is still there. They still can play and mess with and take money out of retail hands. So that's what we see happening right now. There's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. There's also a lot of bullishness. We're seeing this sideways boring, boring action happen because it's a ping pong back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, I don't know if it, we're going to probably do a little more TA. There's a couple things I think on the chart that are interesting too, but I don't know if Jeb, you want to take it back for a second or? Yeah, well, let's go ahead and take a look at the market here, guys. That, I just want everybody to realize that there is a smaller sideways consolidation pattern, uh, tr uh, well, sideways range that we've been in ever since the beginning of the year, but it's actually just part and parcel of a larger sideways range that we've been in since this massive run back here in October of 2020 when that started. The fact of the matter is we have been consolidating around this level between thirty and $60,000 for the entire time. And I think a lot of what happened is we have seen Bitcoin do this stair-step formation. We saw the same thing happen back over here from $4,000 up to $13,000 in 2019. We saw this stair-step formation. Then we built a solid floor of support. How long did we do that for? Well, we did it for a little over a year, 470 days. Then what we saw is Bitcoin did something very similar. We originally saw a rally of about 300%. Then we saw a rally again of about 500%. And this time we've been trading sideways for about 435 days or so. You could argue over 450 days. I think we're starting to get towards the tail end of this sideways movement that we saw. And I think we are going to see another stair step movement to the upside. And we're going to see that happen probably within uh, the next six to nine months. We're probably going to see it start sometime this year. But to be honest with you, with how sideways the market is right now and how uh, sad the state of geopolitical affairs are, it could take a while for Bitcoin to actually start that. But I do think you're going to see another kind of stair-step parabolic move to the upside. And what I think is going on now and what's been going on for the last four years is that instead of the bull market, bear market cycle that we're used to, instead of that, what we're actually seeing is we're seeing a major rally followed by a lot of consolidation. Instead of a major rally followed by a giant correction, we just trade sideways because we enter so many new people into the space. And that is essentially what our bear market is. What I'm saying is that this sideways movement that we've seen for the last year and a half actually seems to have the exact same effect on the market that the previous bear markets did in 2018 and what we also saw in 2014, which was to consolidate the market. But now instead of having to go into a giant downtrend because there's so much pressure and because we're starting to go parabolic, we instead trade sideways. What are your thoughts on that, Tim? And do you think we're going to see that next stair step to the upside in the next six to nine months? Man, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've said this before. I'm not necessarily the – I'm not really big on trying to predict the next year, the next six, seven months. What I like to look at is definitely start with what's happening over the next couple of days, what's happening over the next couple of months. Uh, in all reality, there's a part of me that I just sit back and say, I'm going to think about five years from now, and I like my investment five years from now. I think that Bitcoin is going to be massively up. Could I tell you exactly where? Is it going to be at 200000 Is it going to be at 400000 a million, I don't know. So I, I don't know if I'm going to make a statement on where we're going to be six to nine months from now. Well, I do think a bull rally is coming soon. But right now, there's a couple things I'm seeing on the chart that are both bullish short term and a little bearish, maybe in longer short term time frame. The bullish news is right here. If you guys zoom in right here, Kelly Kellum, actually, he texted me and made sure he's like, make sure you guys cover this. We are actually right now, I'll go to the four hourly chart to make it a little cleaner. We're actually in a falling wedge right now. Falling wedge is happening. We're getting close. We could break it right here. We might come down one more time and then break it over here. But falling wedges traditionally break to the upside. So that is bullish. That is really nice right there. If I pull up the uh, the RSI, we also have bullish divergence forming right here. You're 
going to see that RSI is still going up despite the fact the price is going down. So both those signs are bullish. If you are looking at a trade opportunity, there potentially is one even existing right now. If not waiting for one more dip or waiting for a breakthrough, I pointed at my computer. That was the silliest I've thing done that so I have ever done. Using my mouse, if you, waiting for a breakthrough right here uh, could potentially be a, a confirmation to enter a trade. The problem is here is the bearish. Again, this isn't long, long, long term. This isn't me saying that we're not going to make it back up and hit new all-time highs, but I'm going to go back out to the daily chart to show you. So I talked about this before a second ago. Some people think that we're in a bear flag, and that would be if I take here from all-time high back in November, come down to this bottom of where we close candles, and I projected this. This gives us a projection of a bear flag of down to $24,000. Some people are calling for this. Some people are calling even lower, down to $20,000. I think there's too much fundamental bullish floor for us to get down that far. However, let's not take into account the all-time, oop, come on now, screen, help me out here. Let's not take into account the all-time high. Let's just focus on what we're in right now. We are in what's called a bearish trading channel. What does that mean? We are going up, but traditionally trading channels, not all the time, but a lot of times, end up breaking to the opposite direction of the flow. We're flowing up, so the break is gonna come down. Sure enough, that's what we saw. If I'm not looking at the bear flag, if I'm just looking at this trading channel, a good way to predict where a trading channel will bottom out at if it's bearish is the width of the channel. So if I go ahead and make a little line right here and I draw it right here and I project this out after we broke right here, we would see a price action of about 32. This goes right in hand with what I've been talking about for a couple of months and that is that there is probably still pressure despite the fact that we have bullish signs, there is still pressure to come down to the bottom and create what is known as a spring. Here's the other thing it would create if I go to the daily chart, if I on the daily chart and I'm looking at my RSI, we had a bottom RSI right here back when we hit this dip on the 24th of January. We bottomed out around, it's like it's a little bit low 20 that my charts give me problems. Let me, there we go. Around 21, right at 21. We have not set up daily bullish RSI divergence in a long time. Now, some of you guys know this because you've watched the videos before. I actually made a video about this. I've talked about this on stream before. The only time in the history of Bitcoin we did not change direction on a strong bullish or bearish divergence was back when we had the pandemic back here in 2020. This is the only time in the history of Bitcoin that a daily we did not have daily bullish RSI divergence, but we went up anyway. Every other time, and I'm not going to do it on this video, if you look, there's bearish divergence, bearish divergence, bullish divergence, and, and I got faked out. I gave up. I said back here, guys, we're going to come back down to around 33, 32. We're going to have bullish divergence, then we're going to fly. I gave up when our price started going up. That is now definitely back in play. So this trading channel bearish breakout down to 32 makes so much sense. And the reason it makes sense is because it will give the market what the market has been waiting for. That bullish divergence, that spring that lets the institutions know, hey, we just gobbled up a lot of supply. It's time for us to start making some money. And I'm hoping it does it sooner rather than later. And we don't continue to drag out this boring market. But if it does, it just gives you, the retail investor, a lot more time to invest yourself. Absolutely. And I think what we're going to see happen is we're going to see, <clears throat> I think we're going to see some more sideways movement here. We, what we need to do is we need to hold this support zone right here. I believe, Tim, you mentioned this in between about $37,500 and about $40,000. This is where Bitcoin is really trying to bottom out right now. The question is, is it going to be able to maintain that bullish RSI divergence that we're seeing out here on the daily chart? Is it going to go into a rally? Are we going to have a bullish MACD cross? Are we going to see Lux Algo come into play with a uh, bullish 
buy signal because right now, guys, we are in a confirmed downtrend. Is Bitcoin going to break down below these previous levels of support that we set here on May, uh, uh, March the 7th and then here on the 14th of March? If we start breaking below that, then there is a solid likelihood that we're going to go lower. But if we're able to hold that, then there is a solid chance that we're going to break to the upside. The difficult thing is right now, we really just don't know. A lot of it is going to be contingent on what comes out of the Fed's mouth here in a couple of days on Wednesday. So we're not really in a position to make any short-term predictions. What I can say is that the one thing that is pointing bullish right now, other than the bullish RSI divergence and the potential of a bullish MACD cross, is that we're in this falling wedge right here, and falling wedges traditionally break to the upside. If we do see that happen, that would be wonderful. But now, I actually want to talk a little bit about the Dixie, because we've talked quite a bit about the dollar, but we haven't talked about it since you were here, Tim, and I want your take on this. So, mm. as you know, the Dixie, the dollar currency index, references Bitcoin, I'm sorry, the U.S. dollar, should be Bitcoin, but the U.S. dollar versus other global currencies. What we've seen is massive inflation in the U.S. dollar. It's not hyperinflation yet, but it is huge amounts of inflation. And yet the Dixie is still moving to the upside ever since April of last year. For the last year and a half, the Dixie has been going up, which means that the dollar has been gaining strength against other currencies. What that means is that the U.S. dollar is actually beating out many of the other world currencies. And that's very interesting considering the fact that there's so much printing going on. The US dollar is losing a lot of strength, but the US dollar is still beating everything else. The last time we saw the Dixie this high was in December of 2016. And a lot of people have been saying that whenever the Dixie is very high, then that might mean that the US, that Bitcoin isn't going to do very well because there is relatively to other foreign investments and other foreign investment vehicles and you know Forex, that relatively speaking, the dollar is a safer bet. And so people are less likely to buy into Bitcoin because they're feeling more safe on the U.S. dollar. Tim, do you think right now in this period of uncertainty where we don't know if we're going to see uh, uh, massive interest rates? Well, we don't know what's going on in Ukraine. Frankly, we don't know if, if Taiwan is going to be uh, under conflict at some point in the, in the next little while. With the, all the geopolitical things going on right now, do you think people are so scared um, of investing that they're staying away from the Bitcoin and they're actually deciding strangely enough, to stay in the U.S. dollar because of the relative strength of the dollar and everything else. Yeah, I, I we, we've talked about that before. I, it's a very low percentage of people that are actually in crypto who even understand what's happening in crypto. Even people that are in crypto. I know lots of people personally who are investing in crypto and have no idea what they're doing. They just were told by somebody. Yeah, I know a lot of buy, people like Buy that. Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, buy Cardano, buy Doge, and they invest and they don't know what they're doing. This is, this is the thing that I think people should think through and really make their decisions. Right now, yes, the dollar is doing well. Looking at that chart, when I'm looking at it, you're, you kind of look at that. You're like, oh, what is this project? This is a great project. Can I invest? Knowing that this is the U.S. dollar, the majority of the people watching right now are probably either U.S. citizens or transact and use U.S. dollars all the time. We know how broken, how terrible the U.S. dollar is. And yet, compared to other monies, especially other fiat monies, it is climbing. This should absolutely scare people if crypto did not it did not exist. You know, I was watching a video the other day, and I know this is simple, but for those who have not put it this way they, or need to hear it again, remember, fiat currency is actually made up where a central location decides the value and sends it out to people. Hard money, things like gold in the past and now Bitcoin, they're actually where the outsiders send the value into the inside to determine the value. The U.S. dollar is fiat. It is comparing itself right now to other fiats, and it is doing very well. It is a broken system. If the U.S. dollar is broken and is still the best, we have a very, very broken system. To me, I'm looking at this chart, and I'm just, I'm just exploding with the thought of, wow, that is where our world is right now. All the more reason why Bitcoin will be the future. It's just 
economics 101 that people that the currency will always flow to the hardest parts the governments can try to stop it they might do everything they can to ban it but the economy the way the world works money will always flow from well, is it so is the word soft or is it weak or what's the word soft is it soft okay money will always flow from soft assets to strong assets, to hard assets. It might take time, but I, I don't know how much more. I think it's coming very soon. When I see things like this, this to me is a sign that a lot of people will look at and end up moving their money into crypto because people do make a lot of money trading Forex. And the US dollar, as inflated as it is right now, is still doing really well. The best thing to do is to trade away from that soft money, get into hard money, and the answer to that is Bitcoin. Well, Bit well I almost called you Bitcoin. Well, yeah. Tim, to, uh, to catch you up to speed, you know, we saw that uh, the Central African Republic last week adopted Bitcoin, so they're the second nation, yeah. and Panama is moving in that direction as well. There's a couple other countries, too. There's, a, there's well, several other countries. still dabbling. Do you think that we're going to start to see, the, like, the dominoes fall in a lot of, cent you know, Central American, uh, African, maybe Southeast Asian countries that are either dollarized or have very weak currencies of their own? start to move in the direction of adopting Bitcoin now because of this? And also, yeah. by the way, do you think some of these currents, some of these nations are going to start putting their reserves in Bitcoin? Because that would be huge. I absolutely think that's going to happen. I think because even in the countries where we're not going to have it as legal tender, because that's the really cool word that El Salvador gets to use. Oh, Bitcoin is our legal tender. It's not going to be legal tender in the United States or other places in the, you know, in Europe and, and in Britain. The difference though is what we just saw happen with strike at the bitcoin conference and people's ability to use bitcoin and i know we this is a debate that will be had by many people there are probably a majority of you who would stay in the camp of i'm not selling my bitcoin i'm just gonna let it sit there and gain value which is great that is perfect the truth is people will use bitcoin now that they have the ability to do so they will use bitcoin to transact so even in countries where it's not legal tender it will be used to pay taxes it'll be used to buy groceries it'll be used to pay rent we're seeing that pop up like if you scroll through news sites you're constantly seeing this new business is paying their employees in bitcoin this new real estate company allows you to buy a house in bitcoin this it's growing every single day the adoption the use case it's coming. And so we have countries coming out straight out and saying it's going to become legal tender. And there's other countries who they might not say it's legal tender, but it's becoming just the same use case. And with technologies like what Strike developed with, uh, with what they're doing and Bitcoin and the Cash App, people can start using it as legal tender, whether the country deems it that way or not. It's going to just go crazy here in the next couple of years, guys. I do think you're going to see a quarter million dollar Bitcoin within the next three to five years, if not even sooner than that. But let's go ahead and move on and read a couple of super chats and uh, keep this train rolling. Yeah, did so here's a great question, and I didn't think to check this until right now. Did we start putting them in a different location? Because the chart that I have... We put them at the bottom of the planning document now for simplicity, but oh. there's only two. There's well, only two, I, just saw I a believe. Couple, I, I saw one come in. There's Bobo and Kelly, I think. There might be another one. Why am I? I'm just not seeing it. Well, there's a third one now. I think that's Matt. Yeah, it's Matt. He called you the bearded love muffin. Okay, well, we're going to get there. Bobo the crypto hobo uh, donated and said, with the exodus of two developers from Phantom, do you see it recovering or are people going to run from it? It's broken down below 80 cents, and I'm not sure if dollar cost averaging is the correct move. Bobo, to be honest with you, I haven't kept up with Phantom all that much. I did interview the founder. I do think Michael Kong is a very smart uh, man. What I also would say is that you need to pay attention to the token, uh, to the on-chain metrics with um, with all of these cryptocurrencies. It is down from $3.30. It's been dropping quite a bit, but so is the rest of the cryptocurrency market. The thing with Phantom is that it has a lot of competition. It has competition with Ethereum, Avalanche, Cardano, you know, uh, Solana. All these other projects are competing with it to be a layer one smart contract application. 
you know, Terra Luna even to, to a certain extent is doing that. So Phantom is going to have a difficult time competing, but I don't think that it's necessarily a bad investment. But I, I while I like the project and while it's an on-chain metrics are encouraging, and I do think Michael Kong is a very uh, intelligent guy, I personally am not invested in Phantom because I would rather be invested in some of the blue chip uh, smart contract platforms and functionalities because I think a lot of them are much farther ahead. And it's kind of difficult once you're so far ahead in the smart contract application ecosystem because it's a technology race. It's kind of hard to catch up with that. It's not just you know who builds the flashiest product that the customer likes the most. A lot of this is technology, and technology is not something that you can just build differently and succeed. It's something that you have to build in a similar way, but better to succeed. So it's going to be hard for it to keep up. That's why I'm not invested in it personally. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on Phantom over there, Tim? No, Phantom's one I need to do a lot more research on, but again, time is limited, so I haven't had that the, is true. the availability to do so. That is true. Yeah. We have a so I'm I'm working with TZ. The, the, one of the issues is, and we're gonna we're gonna find a way to solve this. I know I saw super chats earlier in the show that I don't see on here. Right, right. Uh, so uh, if you gave a super chat earlier and we don't read it, can you just comment it? You know, say at me, you know, at Tim Warren or Tim, what, T.A. Tim, Tim, Tim Warren, at T.A. Tim. And I'm going to try to read it because, again, I don't want to miss those. But again, new system that I think was put in place last week. And I just this is on me. I didn't know there's a new system. So my bad, guys. Uh, Kelly Kellum did comment. He said uh, we are happy to have T.A. Tim. Do you already read that one? I have not. OK. He said we're happy to have T.A. Tim back. Big love to you, home skillet, a.k.a. Timbo Slice, a.k.a. the bearded love muffin. Mm. Mm. I don't know if I like the last one. I don't know about that one. That's that one. Yeah. And Matt C. echoed, uh, yes, big welcome back to the Bearded Love Big muffin. welcome back to the Bearded Love Muffin. I think yeah. we're going to have to start calling you that now. I uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Uh, Justin, way to change the subject, Justin. Thank you so much. Justin Pokerant. Uh, rant. Oh, that, oh, I said an F in there. Rant. rant Pokerant, I think. Where do you see Cardano going in the near future? Oh, I know. Straight into the portfolio of the Bearded Love Muffin. You thought you could get away from it? No, I don't. I, I don't want it. I don't. <laughs> Where want do you it. think? It, where do you see it going, Tim? I, I mean, I do think there's a lot to say that it's going to follow Bitcoin. So potentially, if Bitcoin does what I think it's going to do and come back down to those lower 30s, and no one likes to hear that. And again, I understand why you don't like to hear it. It's okay though. It, it's it's going back up. It's a bounce. Near future, I think Cardano potentially, even though it does have some bullish divergence on it at the moment, I do think we could see, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a local low, but I think we could get down into the 60s, maybe even press down into the 50s before it's all said and done. Again, could. I, I think anything right now below 80 cents, if you purchase below 80 cents on Cardano, you're going to be right. very happy with it. I, I mean, I, I think, think anything below a dollar, but of course, right now we haven't been above a dollar in, you know, uh, couple of weeks so people aren't going to talk about that i i think anything purchased below a dollar on cardano is a good buy that's just my i think you're totally right if you see a sub 80 cent cardano i think there is a great i think that is a great great place to be buying into the ada like i said i think you're going to be seeing in the next three to five years something very similar on cardano that i saw on ethereum set massive lower lows and then what did it do it went on a giant run i'm talking about ethereum here it went on a gigantic run moved like three thousand percent four thousand percent to the upside now i'm not necessarily saying cardano is going to move you know four thousand percent to the upside if it did you know we'd be sitting at a 20 30 dollar cardano but i do think you could see a thousand percent run from here yeah, there, in the there, next two three years there was a, a link put on watcher.guru again one of my favorite people to follow on twitter if you don't follow watcher.guru you should they break a lot of different stuff uh they they posted here about four hours ago 
Cardano Network averaged more than 100,000 daily transactions for 15 days in a row. Cardano continues to, to just kill it when it comes to use case. Also, you know, I was, t- I was talking with Dennis, so shout out to Dennis in chat. He was talking about the whole ApeCoin and the whole uh, board yacht, Ape Club fiasco and the, what they're doing to Ethereum and they're causing all these problems because they're raising the gas fees. And I jokingly said, oh, they should switch over to Cardano. How many projects are we going to see switch when they see these issues with Ethereum and the gas fees? And we did find out last week, I, I read this last week, even though I wasn't on the show, that Ethereum is now saying that potentially it is going to look like a 2023 launch of uh, ETH 2.0, even though they don't want to call it ETH 2.0. I forgot what they want to call it. But that looks like it could be delayed again. How many projects are going to start migrating? We're, you're seeing the success level of what Cardano's doing. We've already seen people switch from other projects to Cardano. Could we start seeing some bigger, I'm not saying they will, this isn't me breaking any information. I'm saying, could we see bigger platforms move off yeah. of Ethereum and onto Cardano? I think you're probably going to, but I think we're looking at a trend that takes on the it's order. Take a while, it, but it's on the order of years and maybe a decade. This is not something that's gonna happen overnight. What we're gonna see happen is, we're gonna see Ethereum go the way of IBM versus Apple and Microsoft. Cardano being, you know, call it micro, uh, my, Applesoft, if you will, you know it, it's the it's the it's the competitor that came in and did it the right way and didn't get left behind. IBM is a very antiquated company. At least that's what their branding looks like. Now they're trying to say like, look at us, we have deep blue AI and we're so fancy and intelligent. And the fact is, they got left behind. And they're viewed as a at, when you think of IBM, you think of giant server computers that have the power of you know this mouse nowadays, and they got left behind. I think we're gonna end up seeing the same thing happen with Ethereum, but I think it's gonna take a lot longer than people think it will. It's not gonna happen overnight. If they keep pushing back these updates, Cardano is going to stomp them because they have vastly superior technology already and Cardano is not even gotten has not even gotten started. So you're going to see a lot coming out of Cardano. If you're going to make sure you hodl one of them for the long run, I'd say Cardano is the better hodl for the long term than Ethereum, especially considering Cardano is massively cheaper than Ethereum market capitalization wise. Dano sitting at 26 billion, Ethereum sitting at a third of a trillion. So Cardano is undervalued by 15 times compared to ETH you're going to see a giant run on Cardano. Anything below 80 cents, you should just, you know, buy as much as you can, in my opinion. But let's go ahead and move on here and talk a little bit about the man, the myth, the investing legend, Warren Buffett, because he said he wouldn't pay $25 for every Bitcoin, even if he was given the opportunity. The 91-year-old billionaire doesn't see crypto as a productive asset, adding that he wouldn't buy all the Bitcoin in the world, even for $25. Whether Bitcoin goes up or down in the next year or five or 10, I don't know, Buffett said, but one thing I'm pretty sure is that it doesn't produce anything. The billionaire investor who previously called Bitcoin a delusion and rat poison squared added that nothing could make him buy crypto at any price if you told me own all of the bitcoin in the world that you offered it to me for 25 dollars, i wouldn't take it because what would i do with it i would have to sell it back to you one way or another it isn't going to do anything tim what are your thoughts on the berkshire hathaway label? i i, I want to start off very humbly saying Warren Buffett has probably forgotten more about investing than I will ever know. So I, I want to give the man his due credit for his investing skills. That being said, this is where the, uh, the giving him humility is. <laughs> 
there's a couple of things about this statement that are just absolutely ludicrous. First of all, he's darn right. If he were to buy all of the Bitcoin in the world for $25, first of all, that means all the Bitcoin was worth $25. Secondly, he's the only person that owns it, so therefore it would be worthless. He's right, but that's a stupid statement. He should know that if one person owns everything of a certain asset, the value is going to be worthless. That's the first stupid thing I saw that he said. The second thing, and I was working with this with you guys, and it, and it, it depends on what your take is or what he's saying here. One way or another, it was simply, it was, a, it was a silly thing to say. He said, assets to have value means that they have to deliver something to somebody. All right, so he is true, but of course, this is true statement, but of course what he's saying is that Bitcoin does not. I would love for him to explain to me why he thinks that gold produces and delivers something better than Bitcoin. All gold does as an asset is provide a proof of value. That's what money is. Money is an exchange. It's an IOU. It's a saying, hey, to get a certain good, I will give you this store of value. Bitcoin is the definition of this just as much as gold is. And he definitely believes in gold. So for him to say, oh, it's not a store of value. It has to deliver something to somebody. Well, what does it have to deliver other than a store of value? And that's exactly what Bitcoin is. So that's another silly thing. Like I feel like Buffett Maybe he didn't even think through what he was saying. Maybe, I don't know. It just was a silly statement that I was like, that's just not true. Just because you say it doesn't make it true. It even gets a little worse when you go on, it goes down to his right-hand man. We, some of us around here call him Mungus, but it's, his name is Munger, <laughs> Charles Munger. He said Charlie a couple Mungus. things. He said a couple things that I'm just like, wow, did you really just say that? Uh, who do you think is going to be on your side after this? He said, Bitcoin is stupid because it's still likely to go to zero and is evil because it undermines the Federal Reserve System. So pause right there. He, he says something that goes against the Federal Reserve System is evil. Shows you what side he's on. Uh, that is a little the bit of calling good evil and evil good. I, that's the first thing he says that I had an issue with. Then, he, if, if this wasn't bad enough already, he then goes on to say, and third, it makes me look, it makes us look foolish compared to the communist leader in China. He was smart enough to ban Bitcoin in China. Munger, are you now saying that you want a communist nation in the United States? Like, are you full out communist now? Like that you think that what they're doing is good and what we're doing is evil because we allow people to have freedom of choice and have a competitive currency? Like, this is absolutely the whole article. I'm just like, I know these men are smarter than me, and they're saying such dumb things. What do you think, Smay? I, well, you know. to be fair to uh, Mr. Mungus or Charles Munger or whoever, uh, big, what he was implying Mungus. there, he wasn't saying that he – I think he was saying despite of China being a communist nation, I, they made the right okay. play. You're right in his intention, but we live in a world of it doesn't matter what you intended to say. It matters what you did say. That's like comparing yourself or a good movement to something good that some uh, – a person like Hitler did or Stalin did. Like to defend something that one of them did and say, well, it's, it was a good – you don't do that. It doesn't matter if your intentions were pure or your intentions were good. What you said equates to what I just thought happened in communist China. I like it. We should be more like it. I, I actually would say I almost now. Now this is me just playing devil advocate, devil's advocate. Dude, I wonder I if what he's saying is, especially I'm talking more about Warren Buffett's quote about I wouldn't buy all of them because then it would be worthless. That's not necessarily true for every asset. It's just true for store of, store of value assets. Like uh, like I would say now. If he may, has that stance about Bitcoin, he would have to have the same stance about gold. Unless, that's what I'm saying. Unless he's talking about. But other than that, like, yeah, if like uh, the way I, what I comes to mind for me is like uh, immediately what came to mind was uh, Marvel, the fictional Wakanda, and they have all the vibra vibranium. 
Yeah, if there is a case of like if one entity has all of something, but that something does actually provide like some kind of value or it, it solves some kind of, some kind of issue, it's going to still hold its value. But um, no, I think this is ridiculous because it's like it, you're saying this about about Bitcoin, then you're also saying the same thing about gold. Maybe it's just because he doesn't he doesn't understand the fact that like what a lot of people are saying in chat that it's a software. Bitcoin's a software, so that then it's the same thing as investing in, uh, you know, as in investing in YouTube or Facebook or anything like that. It's a software. So to say that something that stores value doesn't produce anything is ridiculous because the most important asset in an economy is that which has saleability of value. What is saleability? It's the ability to store value and use value in a, in a multitude of ways. Saleability over time is the ability to store wealth into the future. Saleability over space is the ability to move that value. Saleability over scale and divisibility, on the other hand, is the ability to either make large or small purchases. Saleability is a very important part of what value is. The very foundation of any economy is a currency that is supposed to store value. So what the reason that the the, 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 the argument makes no sense is that you're right if you want to say Bitcoin doesn't produce anything, except you're also wrong because it produces it doesn't, you know, produce grain that people eat. It doesn't produce, you know, uh, electricity. It does take electricity, it takes resources, but it produces something that is not always thought of as a product. It produces the most fundamental economic force that underpins all global society's economies, and that is store value. If you don't have store value, you have nothing. Yeah. If you don't have store value, then you are not even living living in the physical universe. We, we know that we can't store value online digitally without blockchain if you want to do it decentralized. It's impossible. How are you going to store value in a JPEG on a file on your computer without it being an NFT, without some third party saying, no, it has value because you have value and ascribing value to it? The only reason that anything has value is because there is an economy built on store of value principles. Bitcoin stores value. The US dollar stores value. It's not very good at it, but it still doesn't. To say that Bitcoin has no value is to say that the US dollar has even less value because the US dollar's job is to store value and transact as a currency and be a like uh, a medium of exchange. The, the Bitcoin does that in a superior fashion. So for somebody who's worth $100 billion, you would think he would understand how the dollar works. And apparently he doesn't. And so I think he does actually understand how the dollar works. I think he does actually understand how Bitcoin works. I think that it keeps him in the news to talk about Bitcoin and to trash Bitcoin. And I think the media is breathing down his neck saying, hey, be against Bitcoin because a lot of people look to you and a lot of people that would be against Bitcoin anyway because they're older, more conservative investors need a champion to follow. Warren Buffett made his money investing in very traditional means. He's got 38% ownership of Berkshire Hathaway, which was founded in 1839. This dude is the definition of old school traditional investment. So everybody who does old school traditional investment, and they're very careful of software companies and tech stocks, they look to him for guidance. So if he's against Bitcoin, then he is sticking to the principles that he built his empire on. If all of a sudden Warren Buffett comes out and says, oh no, I love Bitcoin now, his entire following, his entire platform disintegrates overnight because it goes against his philosophy that he's always maintained, which is stay away from software, stay away from tech stocks, invest in railroads, invest in infrastructure. 
I think that there is a giant opportunity in Bitcoin for him, but I think that either one, he's blinded to see it. Two, he realizes he doesn't need any more money. He just wants to stay relevant because his voice matters more than getting another $10 billion. And three, if he were to invest in Bitcoin, he probably is thinking, okay, this would go against the principles that I built my wealth on. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, I mean, that's another question you have to ask. How much... He's done a lot that would warrant him having this. How much pride does he have just to say, how silly would it be if I turned face? We've seen people do it. He would have to join the team, but yeah. like that, you got to eat some humble pie at some point and say you're wrong. And is he is he just unwilling to do so? But again, I, I still think he's a very wise man. He's done a lot of things in his life. I just think some of these comments were flat out silly. I think they were. And I think it speaks to a, uh, a portion of the of the. I think it speaks to the part of the community that is always going to be the laggards. In, a, in an S-curve of adoption, you always see different kinds of people adopting. You see the innovators adopting first, then the early adopters coming next, then the early majority, then the late majority, then the laggards. The laggards are the last 16% of people to adopt a technology. We're talking about people that are just now getting smartphones. They're just now moving away from flip phones. Uh, we're talking about people that you know, they, uh, you know, are just now getting a microwave. You know, th- those are the laggards. They, they come th- at last at the technological development, uh, t- uh, in the technological adoption curve. And the, uh, the Warren Buffett's cohorts are going to be more than likely some of the last people to adopt Bitcoin. And that is not necessarily a bad thing, but it does mean that they're missing out on a major opportunity called Bitcoin. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about some of these other articles. Tim, we have four articles. I don't think we're going to be able to get through all of them. So which one do you think we ought to discuss here? I, I mean, pick, you know, whatever. I think well, I think any of them could be good. Well we then, can even delegate some to the tomorrow or a different video. Well, then let's talk about the Fed. So yeah. the Federal Reserve is meeting today. The FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee. they start tomorrow. Really? I thought they were meeting today and tomorrow. I could be wrong. I think it's tomorrow and Wednesday, and then they make their announcement Wednesday after the end of okay, the Okay, well, then Wednesday, the Federal Reserve is going to be doing an announcement the Fed is expected to confirm a $95 billion per month sell program, which has not yet been unleashed onto the market. That's one thing. And then there's also a lot of talks about what uh, quantitative easing is going to do or whether we're going to see quantitative tightening, where the Federal Reserve, instead of increasing its balance sheet, will actually start re- uh, will actually start reducing its balance sheet. QT, as it's called, is something that could end up being pretty healthy for the currency, but in the short term, very detrimental to the economy. Now, there's a lot of talks about Hey, we just saw negative GDP growth quarter over quarter. Uh, Quarter one, we saw negative 1.4% GDP growth. That is not good at all. If we see a second quarter, then technically we are in a recession. I would argue that we've been in a recession for the last two years, but with the inflation of the currency, you can't see it on a nominal value, on surface value. Mm -hmm. The question is, is the Federal Reserve, with this new information about uh, a potential recession coming in, and with this being a, a midterm year, are they going to be a little bit less hawkish on the market and maybe let the market run a little bit more, not doing as much QT, maybe not raising interest rates as much. We were probably going to see 50 basis points. We might only see 25 basis points now. Tim, with the with the enlightenment that the economy actually shrunk in the last quarter, 1.4%, despite the fact that the currency is being inflated over 1% a month. So we're actually talking about probably more like 5% GDP shrinkage. Mm-hmm. That's a trillion dollars a year, by the way, in GDP gone in the span of three months in the United States. How do you think that impacts the Fed's announcement here in a couple of days? I, I've said before, I said this in January, I think that they should be more aggressive, even though it's going to potentially hurt 
they, they have a real mess on their hands. Again, we didn't even see the full weight of it until this last month because the one report that came out that people were semi like, oh, this isn't that bad, was bef- it, it came out after the war in Ukraine had started, but it did not reflect what had happened. And again, just because the U.S. dollar is doing really well right now, and we, and we were looking at DXY here a second ago, the world right down, the world as a whole right now economically is down. Uh, I, th- I think they're going to come out with the 50 basis points. And I think the reason why is because they're absolutely terrified. And they, they kept kicking the can down the road. And we've gotten to the point where there's not a lot of road left to kick if we want to continue to be dominant in the world economy. Um, so, again, despite the fact that the dollar is up, I think that there's still a lot of scary things about what's happening here in the United States, what's happening to the economy, what's happening to people's lives. I think there's, if anything, there's a lot of pressure from people to fix this inflation. People are outraged about the prices going up with you know gas prices, car prices, oil prices, all this stuff. People are fed up with it. And so despite the fact the U.S. dollar is on the rise, as far as DXY, the economy is not. And it's time that Powell does something about it. You know, the sad thing is a lot of the same people that are upset about prices going up are the same people who were super excited to be getting $1,200 stimulus checks. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it, people don't understand money. It, they don't get it. No, uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about that in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He's, That's he's, a great book. He he talks about the details that the wealthy, the elite who understand money do not want. They actually go out of their way to make sure that the lower class does not understand how money works. And, and so that kind of thinking of, oh, give me free money. Wait, why is my money worthless? Well, there's obviously an inconsistency there. And that's a pretty simple one, but it gets more complicated than that. People do not understand how currency actually works, which is, again, why I talked about earlier, the way the world works, the way human nature will work is we will always move from soft money to hard money. That's why Bitcoin is the future. And it's almost at this point, a guarantee. It's a force of nature because it's going to happen. People are going to wake up to the problems. They're going to move and say, what's a more stable thing I can jump into? What's what am I actually be able to store my value in and have a guarantee that, again, is not an inside entity, one centralized entity deciding for me. It's all of us on the outside together decide what that value is. It's going to come. The question is when, not if. Well, Bitcoin is now a force of nature, guys. It is it is digital scarcity in its most pure form. Without Bitcoin, dig- the entire concept of digital scarcity would have still been, a f- it, it, it still would have resided in a fiction novel. It did not exist before. Bitcoin is like gravity in the physical world. It is a force of nature that is unstoppable. You don't stop Bitcoin. It is impossible. It doesn't get stopped. It might be replaced by another force of nature that does the exact same thing, but digital scarcity, the underlying force, will never be stopped and it will only continue to grow and spread now. What people are going to see happen is Bitcoin is going to be running against the U.S. dollar for a very long time. And when they try to invest in anything, they're going to invest in Bitcoin because that's the only place to store their value. So, Tim, let me ask you, what do you think the uh, what do you think is going to take for the average Joe to realize, hey, wait a second, both of the Federal Reserve's options here lead to me losing my financial sovereignty. Bitcoin is the only way out because if they don't raise interest rates and they let the inflation keep happening, well, then that sucks. And if they raise interest rates, it's probably going to kick us into a recession, which causes problems. Do you think both scenarios, given enough time, will eventually lead people into Bitcoin? Or do you think one scenario that the Federal Reserve could choose would actually not lead people into Bitcoin, but would actually lead them to staying in in the U.S. dollar long term? I don't think the people that complain are going to realize. I think they're going to complain about this and they're going to complain about that. They're going to they're going to fuss about not having enough money. They're going to fuss about having the money that they have is worthless. What's going to happen is it's more of the middle class 
that's going to wake up. It's it, the middle class is going to say, all right, I'm done. Like there's a lot of people almost sitting on a fence. A lot of people who even invest in crypto, they want to be invested more, but they're like, well, I got to protect myself. Like I still got to pay for bills, yada, 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 which is why Again, before that strike announcement, before all these adoption stories that are coming out that are saying you can now pay for things in Bitcoin, before it was just, I mean, you can't take gold and walk into a grocery store and buy uh, groceries. You can't go and buy a house with gold. That's you have to turn point. into US dollars. It was the same thing with Bitcoin. I can't invest in Bitcoin because I got to keep my money on hand. I got to keep my US. I know the US dollar sucks. I know it's dying, but I got to keep it because I got to pay my bills. And now I got to keep more of it because all those bills are going up. Now there's a solution. There's an opportunity to say, no, convert your money into hard money and you can use that to pay your taxes, to pay your bills, to get your groceries, to pay for a new house. And I think you're going to see the middle class and people start to transition. You're seeing the countries do it. And then what happens is the people that don't understand money, lower classes, they're just going to adopt right into like, well, everybody else is doing Bitcoin like sheep. They're going to follow. But this is the one time where it's like those sheep actually will be led into a greener pasture. Yeah. And that's going to be a good day when we start to see people uh, buying Bitcoin on bulk. But let's go ahead and read some super chats before we wrap it out here. We, we have, have five a, minutes. We have a lot. Um, uh, I would like to just say something real Go quick. Go for it. I've been sitting on this for a second. I'm not appreciating the uh, anti-microwave propaganda being spread around in yeah, chat Yeah, what's right going now. on here? Anti-microwave. Um, guys, microwaves is an invention that is very powerful. It allows people to be able to save yeah, a whole lot of time. 1,200 I don't care if it does, if it sucks the nutrients out of my food. At least I have food. Thank you. Continue. You know, another thing that we should probably mention before we get these super I chats. I just use a fire. We, got, we have like 1,200 people watching, almost 1,300 people watching, but only 429 likes. We need more likes. Like the stream if you like microwaves. Like the stream if you like microwaves. And like it if you don't like microwaves. Like it if you don't like microwaves also. Well, it's true. Convenient. Well, yeah, yeah let's read. True. Let's get through some of these super chats. We had a good amount, actually. Uh, Crypto set guy, of course he would say this, said, Ha, Tim, you know I'm not going to let you slide. Bearded love muffin. Oh, it's the bearded love muffin. That's so lovely, guys. Thank you very much. I just, I don't love him. It's the bearded part's fine. Here, I'll, I'll help you out here, Tim. Check this out. That was a really good point you made earlier about how you're not able to buy things in gold, but you are able to buy, um, th but you are able to buy things in know. Bitcoin. You know, gold's worth ten trillion dollars, but Bitcoin is not. You know, it'll probably end up going to ten trillion dollars, and you know why? Because we're gonna have to launch a merch line of the bearded love muffin. You I thought I was gonna I save don't. you, but I'm no, not. I no, I knew it was coming. I you didn't know. I didn't know how you it was gonna how, hit me. But you knew it was I coming. just saw the smirk on his face, and I knew it wasn't gonna be a serious. Yeah, point. it was. No, <laughs> I just saw it coming. I just didn't. I didn't know how I was gonna. I was be trying to help you hit. out. Come on. No, Eric Taylor said, "Glad to have you back, Tim. Continue to prayer. Continue prayer for you and yours. God bless you all. You know, I'm. I'll share more on the uh, the community video, the stream. Just so you guys know, uh, Taylor had a ectopic pregnancy um so she had to get surgery on monday emergency surgery to save her life that is why i was out all week last week so um you know got to process a lot that week and i'll share more in the community stream but uh it was a long week uh so thank you so much for your prayers for your thoughts thank you to everyone here at mcfee media or crypto jeb whatever we call ourselves uh for allowing us to have that week to to grieve to yeah. recover to process, um, it was it was hard, but I'm I'm glad to be back. Taylor's doing well. She she's still in a little bit of pain for recovering the surgery, uh, but she's walking around. She can do most things by herself now. Um, so she is. I think she's doing 
some work today, not a whole heck of a lot. She'll rest when she needs to. But I think she's going to be doing her best to get back to some of your emails. So go easy on her with emails. Uh, so, yeah. That is what happened. Love you, man. Um, Eric Taylor. I say no, I just read that one. Uh, Oreo357 uh, said, ever try trading view in chart pattern indicators? I have not, no, at have least not. not under that name. I like to do my own. Um, yeah. Jed Boyke? Boki? <laughs> Dread Boki. Definitely wrong on that one. Gold and silver is the only legal thing you can pay debt with under the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, well, Constitution obviously doesn't get followed much anymore, does it? That's Oof. sad. Hot wah, take. Wah, oh, hot wait, take. it's true. Yeah. It is a hot take, but it's true. Tom Wilkes said credit where credit is due. Uh, WB has been investing has been an investing genius. Interestingly enough, in 1995, Newsweek said that the internet was a fad and wouldn't last. The old guard will always try to maintain the status quo. Yeah, how's Newsweek doing nowadays, huh? Yeah, it's true. Oof. Thank yeah. you, Thomas. Jay Cass said Warren was the reason I got into investing, but we are in a transition and we are the front of uh, the forerunners we will be the warrens to this generation that's right we are going to see a massive 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 run in the next several years it's gonna be huge yeah and then the last one i see uh siobhan gole he just gave money he didn't he didn't give any chat so siobhan if you had something to say you know tag me in it i'll make sure while i was reading those i didn't see any pass uh, thank you everybody who's commenting yeah again thank uh, you guys for that. we love you guys it it was a hard week again because yeah it, as much as i there was no part of me that was going to come in during any of that i still missed being here like it was it was it was like wrestling hard because i'm dealing with all this emotional stuff in my personal life and like i I love this team i love being here i love seeing you guys and yeah it was it was rough it was hard yeah. well we're glad you're back man we're glad yeah. taylor's doing all right and that she's Okay, and getting there. She's getting there, right? Yeah, yeah, she's doing a lot better. That's good. She's that's an absolute good. trooper. She so, is. That's good. Am- answer to prayer. Yeah, Taylor's a strong woman. She's a very strong it, woman. I'll, I'll say the last thing I'll say before we... Uh, definition of strong uh, and hard thing as a husband. Seeing your wife in as much pain as she was in. Again, for those of you... Okay, the ectopic pregnancy, it burst. So, like, she oh, filled up with blood. Like, her stomach mm. was full of blood. The pain she was in, and she couldn't go on pain medication... Uh, it was, it was hard to watch, but she made it through and she's strong. So, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Lord, for the, ble- thank you, yeah. Lord, for, prote- for protecting her and helping to save her life and everything. So yeah. we're, we're glad, uh, we're glad that she's, that she's doing better and getting there. Um, guys on a, on another, uh, kind of sad note, not to make it about myself, but just so that you guys know what's going on. I will not be here tomorrow. My wife's sister passed and we're going to her funeral. So we will, uh, I will not be here tomorrow, but I believe Tim is going to be here. Yeah. And so, uh, I won't be here tomorrow, but I, uh, look forward to being back on Wednesday. I'll be back on Wednesday when we talk about um we talk about the federal reserve and the announcements that they're going to be making uh guys just want to just want to say thank you for all of the all of the support uh, especially for tim and everything that he's uh, been going through the last week and and thank you guys for those prayers we we here at the at the channel firmly believe in the power of prayer we firmly believe that our god is good and that he loves us and that and that and that he will answer our prayers and uh he, he's not a god with a one-way communication when you pray to him he hears you and uh we just encourage you that you know if, if you're going through a hard time then think about something that i was thinking about before i came to the lord and that was you know if, I, if i'm praying to god and he's not there I'm just talking to myself don't we do that all the time when mm-hmm. we think in our head we're just talking to ourselves right but if he is there 
you might listen and you might be able to start a relationship with them. There's nothing to lose by talking to them. You never know. So I would just encourage you to think about that. What's the harm in talking to him? If he's not there, he's not there. But I firmly believe that he is and I've watched miracles happen before my eyes and yeah. I would love for you guys to have the same relationship with Christ that I do. If you have any questions on that, you can email support at CryptoJeb.com and we'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Member stream, Discord over at Club DeFi. We'd always love to talk to you guys about that. Guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, make sure to hit that like button. Thank you very much for all of the continued support and thank you guys for tuning in. I believe Smay has one thing to say before we wrap it out though. What? I have something you don't? to say. Okay, you made a noise uh, like you did. Do you have anything you want to add to any uh, of that? Yeah, I'll say something. I thought uh, I thought you were trying to chime in. I'm no, sorry. I, I was, yeah, but uh, uh, guys, I love all you guys. It's You guys are the greatest audience any uh, YouTube channel could ever have. Uh, so take that one to the bank. Yeah, there that's absolutely right. That's it's worth more right. than the U.S. dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, In it's fact, worth your, guys, you, your guys' support worth is worth more than me to Bitcoin. That's yeah. absolutely right. So... Good deal, guys. Well, thank you guys so very much for watching. Before we go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJet. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.